Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ. We continue with the series of Shalom. Today's lesson is entitled Shalom, Go in Peace, number one. There's going to be two of them. This this phrase is used where Jesus says, go in peace. And we understand in that Hebrew context for those Jews back then, they would have, um, that term for peace meant that idea of wholeness, that idea of wellness and completeness. And that is applies to relationships also then. If you have shalom, you have a whole relationship, a, a good relationship, a complete relationship. So we want peace with God. We want shalom with God. We want shalom with one another. And we want shalom even within. We want it with our health, with our spirit. We want completeness and wholeness. Really is the shalom, the idea of shalom is uh, kind of a picture of, the good life, the complete life. And that is what we should be seeking, but there's only one place to find it. There's only one place to find it. And that is because Jesus came to guide our feet into the way of shalom, into the way of peace. Well, my question for today, as we get ready to study in Luke chapter seven, the questions I have to get us thinking is number one, how does Jesus make us whole? How does how does he give us completeness of life and in our spirit and in our relationships? And what must we do to receive his peace or his shalom? And we're going to start by looking at a woman, um, that this is the phrase that she was, it's the last phrase of our scripture reading. As we look at Matthew or Luke chapter 7, Verses 36 to 50. The last phrase is, go in peace. Go in shalom. So I want to begin reading there in verse number 36. I'm just going to read through this complete story and then consider some of these questions about, first of all, our first character. We're going to look at two characters today, and they contrast with each other. And we're just going to simply see the difference and see which one of them we're like, more like. Are we like the woman, or are we like the other character who is the Pharisee? And believe it or not, you only pay attention and listen, because I've got some something for you to consider. Usually you don't think about something good with the Pharisees, but I want you to consider possibly one good attribute about this Pharisee. But we'll get to him in a second. First of all, the woman. Verse number 36 of chapter 7. Now, one of the Pharisees was requesting him, requesting Jesus, to dine with him. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And uh, my Bible has a side note, an immoral immoral woman, an immoral person. And she, when she leaned, or excuse me, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume and standing behind him at his feet, weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with her hair, the hair of her head, and kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know 
who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him. So here's Jesus answering the thought of this Pharisee. Verse number 40, and Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, say it, teacher. A money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged correctly. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who was forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this man? He even forgives sins. And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is quite a memorable passage. If you've heard it before, you don't forget it. There is a lot, of, lot to it. But hopefully we can just look at some simple things to consider today. I've got two questions for you to think about just for a moment. Just pause and think about this woman. We're not given her name. We're given the other man's name. We're given the Pharisee's name. It was Simon. But think about this woman, this unnamed woman who was a sinner, a well-known sinner, obviously, in this vicinity. Why did the sinful woman weep? Why was she crying? Why was she so stirred with emotion? And secondly, why did she treat Jesus with such honor? And I say that with such honor, Jesus pointed out that everything that the host should have done, she was the, the host should have been the one honoring the guest. But instead of the host honoring the guest, she is the one who honored him. So why did she treat Jesus with such honor? Why did the sinful woman weep? 
Why did she treat Jesus with such honor? Maybe there's a a lot of things that might come to your mind. I don't know. Maybe maybe you just put yourself in that position for a little while. And you could think of some things. But I want you to just for a moment consider the words that we've already looked at in Luke chapter 1. I want you to consider the words of Zacharias. Remember, when John was born, Zacharias, John the Baptist's father, he was the one who prophesied as the Holy Spirit came upon him. And most of his prophecy was, he did mention his own son, but most of the prophecy was about salvation, who was coming. The Messiah was on his way, and John was going to prepare the way for him. And speaking of him, the Messiah, verse, listen to verse, verses 77 through 79. This is speaking of Jesus. It says to give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of God with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. This woman was one who, as you consider these words, she was one who knew she needed salvation. To give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of sins. She knew she needed salvation by the forgiveness of her sins. Why did she weep? I have no doubt that her weeping came because she was very, very aware of her sins. She she knew who she was. She knew that the entire town knew who she was, that she was an immoral woman. She was aware of that. Um, But it doesn't seem like she was content with that, does it? It doesn't seem like she liked that too much, especially now that the Savior has come and is offering tender mercy. Verse 78, because of the tender mercy of our God, God comes to sinners and he offers forgiveness. Jesus comes in in the form of a man and he is that sunrise from on high that visits He is the beautiful sunrise, that sunrise that we talked about before. And this woman knew who Jesus was. She knew he was that sunrise. And she needed the sun to rise in her life because right now it was darkness. She knew that the life of sin that she had been leading was a life of darkness, of emptiness, a life of brokenness. And so here is Jesus, who is that sunrise from on high, who is visiting us. And then verse 79 of Luke 1. To shine upon those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our way, feet into the way of peace. 
So here is this woman. She knows her life is filled with sin. She knows her life is broken. She feels that brokenness. Her life is in pieces. And some of us can understand that mentality. Some of us know what it's like like in this life to feel broken, to feel lonely, to feel hurt, to feel stuck in sin. And Jesus comes and he's that sunrise. Jesus comes and he turns to us and he shines the light and invites us to follow him in the way, the way that is the way of wholeness, the way of peace, the way that turns us away from that darkness and we come to the light. So the woman who was a sinner She is the one who then receives forgiveness and peace. The one who was aware of her broken life, she sought the tender mercy of the Savior, and she went away from there forgiven and whole. So isn't this a wonderful picture? She she was able to receive shalom because she knew she didn't have it but she knew the one who did. She knew Jesus was the source and the giver of what she needed and what she sought in life. She knew she couldn't fix herself. She was broken and needed a savior. The woman received forgiveness and peace. In Luke 7, Verse 47, it says, For this reason I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, for she loved much. She didn't look at the Savior and despise the Savior. She didn't look at the sunrise and say, ooh, that's too bright. I'm going to stick to the night. I want to go back to bed. She saw the beautiful sunrise. She saw Jesus. She saw tender mercy, and she came to him with her full devotion, with all of her love. And for her sins, she poured out her tears. And for her appreciation for the Savior, she wet his feet. She cleaned his feet. She wiped them with her hair. She anointed his feet with that perfume. She did everything she could to show her love and appreciation for the Savior, for the tender mercy of of God, which was shown in Christ Jesus. Verse 50, and he said to the woman, well, I've got to finish verse 47. I'm sorry. For this reason, I I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. He said to her, your sins have been forgiven. And then verse 50, he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in shalom. Go in wholeness. Go in wellness. Her, she hadn't been sick physically. And that, was, that was not her problem. Next week, we're going to look at somebody who had that problem. But her brokenness, her, the reason that she wasn't whole and complete was completely because of her spiritual brokenness. Her life was in pieces, but Jesus offers her forgiveness and offers her to come brings her life together as a whole, beautiful life now that she's in a good relationship with God and she is, she's sent away, forgiven and whole. 
she goes in peace. So that's the wonderful example that we have. But I, I want us to consider the second character uh, that we're, that's mentioned here, the guy named Simon. So he is a Pharisee. And I listed him on the outline as a Pharisee who seeks Jesus. So you have the woman who was seeking after the Messiah. Um, well, here is a Pharisee who I think he was also seeking a Messiah, or maybe he thought it was the Messiah. But I want you to consider some things in uh, Luke chapter 7. We're going to back up a little. I'm just going to get to start in verse number 30 and read down to 35. So this is immediately before the story of, of the, the sinful woman. Look at verse number 30. It says, but the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. So the Pharisees rejected John, John the Baptist, the forerunner. Well, you know, if they they reject the forerunner of the Christ, they're going to reject the Christ also, right? And that's what this next passage explains. Verse 31, Jesus is speaking. To what then shall I compare the, the men of this generation and what are they like? They're like children who sit in the marketplace and call to one another and say, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by all her children. So the contrast here is is clearly John the Baptist. He removed himself from society and called people to to give to repent of their sins, and 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 they refused to do it. They wouldn't follow John. He was he was a lunatic, you know. He wasn't hanging out with with anybody. He was calling everybody to repent. So so they weren't. They weren't, uh, they weren't going along with the funeral dirge that, that John was giving. And that was the, in relationship to the Pharisees mentioned in verse 30. Um, well, Jesus comes along and he's, he's hanging out with the tax collectors and the sinners. He's there with them wherever they go. And he's loving on them and showing fellowship with them. And they call it, so what do they call Jesus. And they called Jesus a sinner because he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. He's partying too much. John was a demon. You know, he must have had a demon because he wasn't, you know, they didn't go along with him. And now Jesus is totally seems different and they're not going along with him either. But the thing, even in the midst of that, that message, Right before verse 36, the passage up that we just read is indicating the Pharisees were rejecting Jesus. They said, we don't, you know, we don't want to have anything to do with him. We know all the kind of things they said about him. They said Jesus had a demon. And in that context, then the next verse, verse 36, where we started our first reading this afternoon or this morning, now... One of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him. Isn't this interesting? So Simon gets a bad rap in this passage because Jesus, because of what Jesus ends up telling him and how he treated Jesus. But it starts off showing Simon 
that this Pharisee that, and the question comes, why did he invite Jesus to come dine with him? Think for a moment, the, the scripture has just indicated that the Pharisees were rejecting Jesus because he's eating with sinners. And then in the next passage, the very next verse, it says one of those Pharisees invited Jesus to come dine with him. Why would he do that? This is going to put him at odds with his entire group of folks, all the Pharisees. He's putting him itself at risk. He's pretty bold because all of those Pharisees are then going to come after him. He's going to be rejected. He's going to be the one who's going to be the outcast now. And I just asked the question then, based upon that thought, could this Pharisee, could Simon have been considering that Jesus was the Messiah? Was he trying to figure this out? Was he working this around in his head? Was he actually considering, even though all of the other Pharisees, they're rejecting him, and they're calling him a sinner. Man, I don't know. There's something about this guy. I think I need to get to know him a little better. So he invites him at great risk. He invites him to his home. I, it doesn't say that he was considering Jesus to be the Messiah, but verse 39 makes me ask the question, maybe he was. Still in Luke chapter 7, verse 30, 39, it says, Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, when he saw the woman doing all of this stuff, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is, who is touching him, that she is a sinner. So it seems like here that there's a kind of a revelation that comes to uh, this man that he's like, you know what, this guy, I don't think he is a prophet. I don't think he could be the Messiah that so many people are talking about, because if he knew who this woman was, he wouldn't let this woman touch him, this sinful woman. He wouldn't do it. So I just ask you to consider that maybe... Somewhere in this man, he was wondering. Maybe he was searching, is this, who is Jesus? Maybe he's, he's bold enough to think, I'm not just going to go along with a crowd of other Pharisees that say he's, you know, he's a, he's a, a sinner. I want to figure it out for myself. And so let's give him credit for that. But we also have to see what the result is. If he was searching for a Messiah, if he was looking for a prophet, he was looking for the wrong things because he did not receive Jesus. And Jesus relates that this man, Simon, the Pharisee, who has thrown this little party for Jesus, invited him to come and dine with him. Jesus tells that Pharisee that he who is forgiven little loves little. That verse 47, that end of that verse is talking about, it's talking about Simon. He is forgiven little, he loves little. And I think the issue with Simon, even though he might have been searching for a Messiah, might have been thinking maybe Jesus was a prophet, 
you know, and that might have been just on an intellectual level, but he really wasn't searching the scriptures to see who Jesus was, to see who the Messiah truly was going to be. And I think his biggest problem of all was that he was not really even aware of his sins. You consider that woman who came and she was so, she was filled with such emotion. And as she wept, she knew who she was. She knew her life was broken. She knew her many sins. She knew she needed forgiveness. But Simon was thinking, I'm better than her. I don't, you know, I don't have a broken life. She's got the broken life. She's the one with the many sins. I'm I'm pretty good. I got everything figured out. I'm a Pharisee. I understand God's word. I got the whole thing memorized. I've got I, 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 whatever it might be. But he didn't see himself as a broken person who needed the forgiveness of God. He didn't look at Jesus as the sunrise who could who would invite him in and fix his broken life. The one who was righteous in his own eyes, this man, Simon, he didn't really seek the Savior. He didn't think he needed saved. He lacked faith in Jesus and was left to try and fix his sinful, broken life on his own. Folks, we can't do it on our own. We need a savior. We need to be a very, very, very aware of our sin. All of our sins, we can think back to some of the awful things that we've done in life and realize, man, I was so in need of a savior at that point. And you know what? Right now, I am still in need of a savior. Let us always remember whenever our sins come and we do sin. Let us remember that we still are in constant need of that that cleansing blood of Jesus to take away our sins. Let us never be confident in ourselves. Help us to always just love Jesus with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength because he who has been forgiven of much loves much. Let us love Jesus because we have been forgiven much. There's anybody out there today that that you need a savior. You know you have sins in your life. Don't try and fix things on your own. That don't try and make yourself per- perfect. Seek the savior and be like this woman. Come to Jesus and say, "I know I'm a sinner, but I love you and I need you and I believe in you." And give your life to him. And if you're ready to give your life to him. And that includes an acknowledgement of your sin, acknowledgement that you need that savior and acknowledgement that you are going to, with all of your heart, live for him the rest of your life. Then you can come and, and make that confession of faith and be immersed into Jesus Christ. And that can happen today. And I pray if you'll um, consider that, if you need that, if you need Jesus, let us know today. And if there's anybody out there who you You just know you need forgiveness of sins and you need to be more like this woman and just repent and sorrowful for sins. And you want somebody to pray with you, you let us know today also. But please respond. Please be courageous 
and uh, do what you need to in your life. Um, Come to Jesus if you need to. We encourage you to do that as we sing this song.